Oh, that was a good Ooh, one. That was crisp. You just scared the cat. That was <laughs> <Look at> that. <laughs> he was you like genuinely up, <laughs> scared. You woke up the cat engineer on, That's the, good. on the soundboard. That's We're not paying him to sleep. Uh-uh. Welcome, everybody, to What's Your Record? I am your host, Jake Mazon, with your other hosts, Tyler and Grady, <laughs> of the Penna Persuasion. And the Penna uh, Persuasion. <laughs> I just came up with that. We have no scripts here. Hard to believe I know everybody uh, thinks that this is all scripted down to a T, but we do a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing around here. How are you guys? How are you doing? How are we doing? Yeah, this is the opening banter part, so well, I'm just trying to figure out how you're doing. It's a Thursday. It's so. a Thursday. So what does that mean? Grady's impatient. It means tomorrow's Friday, baby. <laughs> yeah? Are you working now? you working? I am working, yes. <laughs> Congratulations. I have another job. Hell yeah. I'm a working individual. Um, I'm actually enjoying my job. That's good. It so, doesn't happen a lot. I hate my job. does not happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if Grady's coworkers are listening, he's enjoying his job. Yes. Yeah. Please don't fire me. He said that. He's doing great. If my coworkers are listening, stop fucking listening. <laughs> Thank you. Tyler's right. got a broken toe. We figured that Oof. out earlier. Grady diagnosed him. I diagnosed him. I said the, yeah. the worst part about having a broken toe is that your toe hurts all the time. And I said, thank you, doctor. Yeah, that's why we have And him I said, that'll be $500 <laughs> yeah. for that consultation. Yeah, your insurance doesn't cover this. All right, today. <laughs> deductible. What's the deductible? Uh, today is very special for reasons that might be unknown to the two gentlemen sitting next to me. Oh, I think they're pretty well known. No, I think I well, <laughs> the, the, see, that's the obvious. And like the record I chose, there's there's a surprise within a surprise here. Oh. And I'm gonna I'm gonna drop it on you. Ooh. So today's theme okay. has been on the back burner <clears throat> for us since the very first season of the show, and the theme is concept albums. Um, in a perfect world, look at this cat, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just right this on keeps the, getting right on the interface closer to the cables. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, it should come as a surprise to no one that. I originally envisioned picking this theme as a way to listen to Coed and Cambria on this podcast, which is going to happen. But that's not the first way that we listen to Coed and Cambria, which brings me to the second surprise. I'm going to look at both of you, mainly Tyler. Today is, to the day, the two-year anniversary of the Joe Pass fiasco. <laughs> which is oh the last God. time we listened oh to Coed no. on the podcast, the very day. <laughs> I saw my Facebook memory today, which was my post about how we had broken up. Wait, that was that the Coheed episode? Oh, I yeah, picked a Coheed right. record. Wow. And which one was that? The first Coheed. That was the third. That was that was the second one. one. Second one. The second number one. three though in the in series, the story. Right? Tyler's been reading. <laughs> Tyler Tyler is doing his best to understand where I'm coming from here. But when I saw that, I did more reading on your concept than my own concept. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I actually did too. So the I'm last, the last time, uh, that we talked about Coheed, uh, we almost broke up the friendship, the podcast. It was very heated. I think it's our most listened to episode. Nice. Uh, it was very violent. Broke the and, record books. Yeah. And, uh, it was kind of a wash because Tyler and I wouldn't vote for each other out it's of principle and we picked was, Grady's album. It's crazy so. that that was the same Which episode. may also happen this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there that I'm, I'm, I came ready to throw down. I've got the same kind of energy. Yeah. Um, See, uh, I knew Grady would pick something like right in the middle because he's banking on the fact that he's down in the count and he's devious with his yeah. picks. He's very strategic. Yeah, he knows how to work he's it. He's down in the count and he's like, all right, I just got to pit Tyler. 
Tyler and Jake against each other and mm-hmm. then all get both of their votes. Yeah, so here's here's the, the thing, because they had kind of talked to me about, like, don't fucking pick Coheed. And I thought about it, you know. I floated it out well, there. I picked a couple other things or whatever that were longer than the record I picked, but at the end of the day, it just, like... Not picking Coheed for the concept theme that I picked seemed like the least Jake thing okay. that I could yeah. Okay, Jake. to be fair, I, I saw that you were dragging your feet on picking anything, yeah. and I'm like, look, Jake, if you wanted this theme to be a Coheed pick, just fucking pick Coheed and get it over. They didn't but, want it, though. They weren't ready for it. But they didn't want it. You have to acknowledge right now that by going down this road <laughs> that you chose... <laughs> You are opening yourself in this album up to our full scrutinization. That's and you have to accept the judgments that we will. You can't unhear lay what upon we're about it. to no, lay out. You know what? I've made it this far in life, doing exactly that when it comes to this band. So far, or so far to the point that my philosophy with Coheed for for non-believers is just like they're there when you're ready for them. And nine times out of ten, no, that's a bullshit statement. Three times out of ten, people become ready for that. That's the same thing um, with flat earthers. Right? Sounds like a cult, they're there, yeah. they're there you, when you're ready. You know what them. I was thinking about is <laughs> like my defending of Coheed. Like I can compare it to like what people who think Trump won the election, how it must feel like. Um, <laughs> like I was driving down there, I'm like, that's not good. But I think that's the only way that I could identify with those people. Except Coheed is good. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so that, that's different. Right? But you know what? We're getting ahead of the game here. So happy anniversary to the Joe Pass fiasco. That is available for your listening pleasure. I believe that's episode seven. So that was two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, wow. I, I mean, we are on season three, so we season at least three. do one season a year. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah um, so concept albums, just real quick. Uh, you know, I think basically you can just pull up a list on them, and I think there are some that we all would have been familiar with. That, and again, we're trying to avoid that because I definitely yeah. would have said like "Lonesome Crowded West" by Modest Mouse yeah. would have like been a contender. Anderson Pack, uh, yeah. "To Pimp a Butterfly" Ken- would have been Lamar, a big all one. Of, all of his albums, yeah. technically, Suf- all of Sufjan's Suf- albums. Sufjan, yeah, and, and Arcade, and Arcade Fire one, the first album. Yeah, Arcade Fire, the suburbs, the suburbs. I mean, yeah, is, yeah. There's a ton. Wait, are there? All of theirs are concepts, aren't they? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. It's Neon crazy. Bible is when one I was looking at the list, I was like, damn, it's crazy how many of these I actually really, really like. Well, so that's the thing is that's why this, you know, this week was kind of hard for me yeah. at least is because so many of the concept albums that I'm familiar with were all very familiar. Because you wanted to do yeah. Antlers, right? I was thinking about it, but the hospice is just such a it's, it's such so a bummer sad. album it's yeah. just like you i don't even that like for me when i drove you to san francisco times. one time that's and i was funny. like this that's is a shitty this is a shitty way to start a five and a half hour that's drive when he played it it's for a me real too. bummer I think it was like fucking i was actually talking about <laughs> that's this the only time i can convince people to sit down and listen to it i was it's just so sad i was talking about this because we just got back from san francisco and i was like I remember one time I drove drove this drive with Grady, and it was like we left Laguna Beach at like 9 p.m., and we drove until like 3 or 4 a.m., and I remember I was like, I made like a giant pot of coffee and just brought all the coffee, and I remember at one point I was so like deliriously driving that I was like, Hey Grady, are we going uphill or downhill? I can't really oh, tell yeah. anymore. He's like, I don't feel safe. Yeah, that was scary. That was actually really terrible. But that was the uh, that was the time you played Hospice for me too. The first time I'd heard it. So, but that was years ago. Well, that wouldn't help your you know 
Grady, do you remember when we left when it was raining yes, so true. bad and we had to go yes. over the Bay Bridge and then we stopped in Livermore until because I was so oh, yeah. I was so shook from driving over the Bay Bridge in like a huge rainstorm. Didn't your that, windshield wipers like malfunction? It, it, no, they just it, it didn't work. It rained uh, both like, ways, up it, and down when yeah. we were driving up and back. It, both really like hard downpours. And that's when I listened to Hospice for the first time. So. That's a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, you were. I mean, rain, you were. The rain is a little more. Fitting. In your car, you were like the the windshield wipers were going on full blast, <laughs> and you couldn't. You see were shit. like you were like wiping the window with your hand and sitting like two inches away from the windshield because you couldn't see white, anything. And I'm like, well, yeah. you know, this is my time to die. I guess. <laughs> I guess Grady's been the passenger <laughs> on a lot of it. unsafe drives to San Francisco yeah, and back. Really now you know why I always like to drive when I have the chance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. just because I'm like, if I'm gonna die, it's gonna be my my own hand. <laughs> um, and I guess the only thing that I want to throw out there, just real quick. Uh, Apparently, Dark Side of the Moon is voted as the most famous and best concept record of I all mean, time, which I don't really the like. most obvious one. It's yeah. very well known. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys, I'm not that big into Pink Floyd. Uh, I think they're all right. I yeah, like, I'm, I like them, but I'm not like a super fan, yeah. you know? All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it then. Let's I, I believe do it. Uh, Tyler Tyler's is up first. first. Cool. All right. So I picked uh, Songs for the Deaf by queens of the stone age what <laughs> yeah uh and uh it's i guess what they would call a loose concept album mm-hmm. um so i i didn't want to get scrutinized by jake for this but you're gonna but I, i'm sure i will um but at least it's a full album because i was gonna pick something that's like seven songs and then he probably would have been like that's not long enough to be an album uh, debatable but anyway so um i think the concept's pretty solid and i'll get into why I think that, but anyway, um, Queens of the Stone Age are a, I guess you'd call them like stoner rock, stoner metal. That's not very heavy, but like rock, a rock band. Um, they're also part of the desert rock group, which is like bands formed in like Palm Desert and the surrounding Southern California desert regions. Doesn't every band just have Josh home? Yeah, pretty in, much. In I that, mean, it's definitely like, scene. definitely like he's, de- he's a huge player in that scene, but yeah, so the band is fronted by Josh Holm, uh, who's been in a bunch of different bands. This record actually features Dave Grohl on the drums as well from mm-hmm. Foo Fighters and other projects. And uh, Nirvana. are we going to call? I was about to. Are we yeah. going to call Nirvana another uh, I project? Mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. But um, he's most. I, I I don't know. People mostly know him for Foo Fighters, right? Like Nirvana was like. I don't That'd know. be sad. I mean, the Foo I mean, Fighters Nirvana are was fine. like they Kurt Cobain's it. band, not his band. You know what I mean? But yeah. Anyway, but. Anyway, he's on drums, which is super rad because I think he's a, a really great drummer. Um, singer, I'm uh, uh, not so sure, but um, drummer, I can get down with his with his style. Uh, but yeah, so the the album that I picked, uh, Songs for the Deaf, is pretty interesting sonically. I think for them, like it's definitely when they kind of to me like um, came into their prime in a way. Um, it definitely was like critically and non-critically acclaimed like by both like fans and critics it was very very uh praised it actually almost hit top 40 i think like uh go with the flow or one of the singles was like right under the top 40 but i mean they had like two or three radio singles that would play all the time on like i don't know k-rock or whatever i'm sure but um yeah it's a it's a really solid album i think all the way through like i was going back on listening to it because I know it's something that I kind of grew up with. Like it was on the radio when we were growing up, but 
hadn't really put time into like the whole thing as a record in a while. And no one knows this is on Guitar Hero, right? On one yeah, of them. Yeah, so no one knows it's on Guitar Hero, and then Go with the Flows on Rock Band. Ooh, mm. yeah, I, I believe, remember that. I believe that's the way it is. So, um, but yeah, I just remember playing. I remember playing Go with the Flow on Rock Band and. Like that's the I've drums being so fucking hard. Like I remember whoever would pick that song and I'd be on drums. I'm like, all right, here we go. Cause yeah, there's dude. like crazy fills and like Dave Grohl is a fucking beast on this. Yeah. Yeah. The drums are insane Dave on this album. Grohl. But anyway, um, before we get too much more into it, let's go ahead and play that track. Go with the flow. All right, here we go. So yeah, as you could see at the end there, uh, that was a little bit of a hint to the the concept of this of this record. So the concept, the 
loose concept, if you will, is basically, um, it, well, I don't know, there's kind of twofold for me. So the, the loose concept is that you're on, you're basically listening to the radio on a drive from Los Angeles to Joshua Tree, California. So the whole record flows through that kind of um, style of like yeah, songs, songs that you would, yeah, it goes songs with that the you flow would, uh, yeah, it goes with the flow. Um, songs that you'd hear potentially on the radio stations as you're doing that drive. And then in between, there's like little radio skits that have either like radio noise, like someone turning, you know, turning the tuner on a radio or like, um, like a college radio station announcer or like an advertisement you'd hear on the radio, like that's appropriate for like that time and where you are on that drive. So that's kind of the loose concept that runs through it. But, um, the concept within the concept, and this is a little bit of a stretch as well, but like, this is more my interpretation is like, um, songs for the deaf is kind of like what I interpret that to mean is that it's like songs that people are kind of half paying attention to. So it's like a little bit atmospheric for like a drive. So it's like, it's good driving music, but it's not like you're really digging deep into the songs themselves. And so it's kind of like songs that are just on, right? Like you may or may not be actually hearing them or listening to them. And that's like what they mean by like songs for the deaf. It's just kind of like background noise and like noise in that sense. Um, that's kind of how I felt about this album. (laughs) Yeah. And I can see that. I mean, that's definitely like stoner, the stoner rock like sound is a little bit, a little bit like that, like low and droney. Um, you know, it's got like a groove and jam to it, but like a little bit improvised, a little bit jammy. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of the concept. And I think the cool thing that they do throughout the record is not only do they start it off with like a like almost like a sound test that you would give to like someone who's going deaf or like a like it's like a it's like one of those hearing tests, right? Yeah, where you hear the, the beep and you raise your hand. Yeah, and, like you hear yeah. the beep on the right side or the left side or whatever. So that's like the intro track and then it comes into the second track and it's like radio noise of like someone shifting through a bunch of radio stations and then when the track actually starts, like the music's really quiet. Like you're almost like, Oh, is this going to be like a really quiet album? And you're like kind of listening. It sounds like it's like through a tin can and then it kind of drops. And so it's almost like you settled into a radio station and it's like in a movie where like, well, you hear someone, you hear someone get in the car. Yeah. Like you you hear hear someone get in the car. So like, it's almost like you're listening to the radio from outside the car and then you like get in the car and shut the door and then the song drops. So like they definitely like, play into the concept musically as well like with dynamics and with techniques um there's also like feedback guitar feedback and like things throughout the album that they utilize to form these kind of radio like sounds and then there's even like calls back to that in the lyrics like one song is called god is in the radio and it's like a whole radio theme through that song and just different con like the lyrics kind of talk a little bit about like the concepts of the desert and driving through the desert and like there's all these little like plays on it so if you want to criticize it for it not being that big of a concept album i I do i would disagree because i think they they cover all the bases they cover there is one clear concept that runs through the whole record but like Um, what is it trying to say that's the thing like it's not trying to prove anything it's just like there's a clear concept that runs through the record they touch on the concept both lyrically and musically and it it makes sense like the 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 album feels like a complete package so it's i agree that it's a concept album i just think it's a concept that's not interesting <laughs> well that's fine. oh we call that the andy shelf 
<laughs> wow. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Jake, I'm, I'm curious to see your criticism of the concept nature of it. Uh, well, Grady was Grady can go ahead. He was gonna. You can start. So I, I have my whole spiel on it. But it sounds like he does too. So I I give the um, floor to Young Grady. I mean, no, like I didn't. I didn't really hate this album or anything. Um, I think that it was kind of long, and it mostly it, it flowed together very well. Flow. It was long it compared went, to it, Jake's it, album. No, but <laughs> it's the same it amount of long. tracks. Yeah, it felt long because they all flowed together, but. Um, that was kind of to its fault in a way because a lot of the songs were very similar to me mm-hmm. and really? similar tempo, pretty much the same like guitar and drumming throughout the singer, you know, doesn't do much. Actually the one song that stood out to me the was song. the last song because it was the only one that felt different. I what about when I heard, love when, when I heard, Oh, that's the worst song on the album. I know, but it stands but out. It's different. Being, well, it's bad. Other than that, like singer, other than that, like stylistically, like the fact that this came out in the early two thousands, I like, I thought it came out in like the late seventies or the early eighties or something like that. Stylistically. So hearing that it came, it out, came out in, in two thousand two, it kind of yeah. is like, just feels like dad rock to me. Like they're just redoing oh, dad is. rock. Like, you know, they listen, I, I bet they listen to all the music and the, you know, the rock music it's in the classic 70s K-Rock, and 80s. K rock dad. Yeah. It yeah. just felt like very, I mean, to their credit, like it really did feel like a radio station that you would put on, on a car trip or that your dad would put on. And then you kind of <laughs> just t- like, you know, you're listening to it, but you're not really like paying that much attention to it. So it was fine. Like, you know, the musicianship was fine. I think they executed the con the concept well. And like the little stuff with the radios, like, you know, the radio yeah. sounds that all worked well. It all flowed well together. So I'm yeah. not like really faulting them on the construction of it or anything. Yeah. It just like didn't particularly grab me in the point of the concept and like the music itself. So what do you think of like the guitar, the guitar tones on it and like the drumming and guitar playing? Like, do you respect? Yeah, like, they're the fine. They're good for sure. Yeah, like they're good. Like the drummer is obviously good and the guitar playing is good. It's just not it's just all kind of the same. And me. you didn't think any song was like catchy because like this song, this album had three like big radio hits. Mm, Go that With are, The like, Flow is pretty, pretty catchy. catchy. And so is No One Knows, I feel like. And that yeah, that is would be one of my complaints. The ones that were meant to be singles or whatever. Mm hmm they totally don't match the production of the rest of the record. Mm. Like if the production was like the first two, like reading about like where they made Dave. But that's Grohl kind work. of the point of it. Well, no, I mean, cause you're going to hear different production as you're shifting through the radio. Right. See, so and like I feel every like, song, it almost has, every song has a different genre influence in a weird way and a different production sound. Well, I don't think there's, there's not enough diversity to say that they're doing different genres or whatever. Well, and because again, they like, didn't want to go like, too there's, far out there's of their not a, I mean, like they say, you know, like they describe it as a loose concept and this is where like putting my foot down isn't the right thing or whatever, but that part, like what you're saying about like the production changing, like to mimic the radio, like that's just kind of like that speculation on your part, I feel like. And I feel like that was kind of frustrating for me is that there's not a lot written or oh, talked I don't, about. I don't like, think that's from, speculation at all. I, I would, I, I would think because sure the ones that, it, on that the one that it stands out the most on is like, these are going to be the three songs that get played on the radio. Like no one knows. And go with the flow, I think got nominated for Grammys kind of thing. So it's like, I don't the know, drums dude. are down in the mix on those and his vocals are more up front. Yeah. But um, I don't know though, if they knew those were going to be like hits. I mean that it's hard. Like for them, this, this was the album that got them into the big time. So like for them, I don't, 
like when I was reading some interviews and stuff, like they were a little bit shocked of like the claim that this got. So like I wouldn't say like oh we planned for these three to be like the singles. <laughs> what were they like? Oh, we thought this album was shit. Well, no, like cool. they're pretty. They're <laughs> like before, especially before this, like they're pretty like humble, kind of like not that big band. And then like they make this record and they kind of blow up like internationally. Oh, fun fact: Zach told me that this is his least favorite band. Really? Oh, that's funny. Why? Yeah, he said his his parents used to play it a lot, and he has a bad memories. Interesting. Of it and he hates it. But I can see that because Charlotte's I'm... dad used to play it too. Well, yeah, and like the only reason you know Tony had this CD, so it is very. It's yeah, got vibes sure, that would pick rock. up for people. Like, because here's the thing: the first couple tracks, I would say, like besides the vocals, if the whole vibe was that production of like the first two, like the fuzzy guitar and the level of the bass and the drums sounding the way they do, like his vocals are what kill it for me personally really? he sounds because it's kind of like what we had talked about you know off the record about you know where you stand with like claudio sanchez's vocals or whatever yeah. this is very high energy music and josh Holm just sounds so fucking bored <laughs> that i wish he had the energy of the other guy nick oliveri or yeah, whatever but player. nick oliveri's songs suck <laughs> like that six shooter one is supposed to be like a joke but like yeah. another love song is just like so corny but i like his vocal styling that's a little rougher yeah like more than josh home well that's why i think like uh it's hard it's hard to say but like that's why i think he should he should have featured more guest vocalists yeah because i love i love mark lanigan's voice but a couple of those songs like what sky is falling went on way too fucking long and i guess like the biggest thing is is like the for me concept wise and this is me coming from yeah, picking like the, the nerdiest of nerd concept album that i picked that this is just so fucking loose that if you take away the little radio things that are just shoved on at the end, there is no concept. Like, besides, like, it's good driving music. So if you say, like, oh, this is about a drive from, you know, L.A. to Joshua Tree, like, yeah. you know, out in the desert somewhere where he lives, like, it's got a lot of that rolling, like, road trip, like, you know, butt rock kind of vibe or whatever butt you roll rock. with the window down. But yeah. other than that, just, like, reading about and using what Grady was talking about, like, genius as... um as a resource with quotes about Josh home that is just like, you know, no one knows is about him taking drugs, go with the flow is <laughs> yeah. about a girl that just like, you know, can't stay in a committed relationship or just bails when thing gets hard. That it's just like all it's the songs basic. are just like not connected. Another love song is really based like, but this boy is, but gone again, that's thing. the like, point, right? Like they're all supposed to be like, but where are you songs. get, but where are you getting that from? That's the thing is that it's just I, I like, mean, there's so that. little written about yeah, it. Like, yeah, you like, get it in the lyrics and in the, no, but like, that's songs. what a good concept album should do, right? It should like, every time you listen to it, you pick up something else new. Well, like, it's like, it's different because <laughs> it depends on what you're looking for or whatever, because some are narrative driven. Right. Uh, and this is definitely loose, not like, a narrative driven concept album. It's no. more of a sonically driven production driven concept album to me. And that's why I like it, because you, as you guys know, like I'm not a big lyrics person. Like I don't fucking read the lyrics while I'm listening to the music of pretty much any band unless I'm like forced to. So for me, like when you say the production is different, I'm like, yeah, for sure. It's meant to be like to me. And, and again, I don't know that as a fact, but to me, that's obvious. Right. And that's like part of the concept and to me like the songs for the deaf thing that i talked about like that's me like stretching that concept a little bit more but like i like to pull metaphors like that from concept albums rather than just like oh like these lyrics connect to this like folklore and this like you know universe or whatever like and we'll get into that later but like 
to me, like that's what's lost on me is like understanding the depth and the literary analysis of the lyrics. It's more about like I'm listening for like production and sonically like what's going on. But I think too, like this record, to me, if you take away the concept, I I agree that if you take away the radio stuff, it doesn't really flow as that concept album. But to me, well, you I wouldn't need it, it to because then it wouldn't because this is kind of what it's reminding me of is like kind of what St. Vincent is getting caught up in or whatever that like this record is about like my dad getting out of prison and like, you know, the background is the 70s music that I listen to. But there's no yeah. like there's one song about her dad getting out of prison or but whatever. But the rest and, of like, it isn't like about that. No. And yeah, that's totally yeah. cool. But it's like when it's advertised as something and all this press is coming out, like it's hard to separate that. And that's what I like. You know, it's a good record, but it's not what she said. It is kind of thing, which is totally fine because like things don't need to be defined. But I think where I'm coming from, like in terms of the theme, where it's just like I would say like Grady and I pick are probably like more on like in the same ballpark in terms of like how the concept is being executed. And like, you know, you yeah, opened like up with every saying, song like, is every song is like themed in the well, same way. I, it's actually funny because I think we all did pick different styles of concept albums. Yeah, you for sure. One that's much more sonically and. I like uh, technically driven and Jake's is like very far on the narrative, like really, uh, I don't even just like, just we'll get to it, lore, but we'll it, lore based, it. Yeah. I guess. And then mine is somewhere sort of in the middle where it's, it's very like politically and personally driven the concept. Yeah. So, I mean, so, we can move on from mine cause it's been a minute yeah. and like we should move on anyway. But like, I guess what I want to end it with is like the technicality and the guitar playing and the drumming and the way that the band um, like comes together to create this music is what drives it for me. Like, I agree with you. The singing is like, meh, like I could take it or leave it. But to me, like in a stoner metal band or a stoner rock band, like I'm not there for the singing. I'm not there for the lyrics. I'm there for like the jams, the riffs and like the groove of that, like low droney guitar and like the fast drums and like the fills. Yeah, he's got good tone in the way that they recorded Dave Grohl's drum. Like it yeah, sounds, that sounds really that's good. That's for me, like what I'm here for on this record. And like, actually throughout this whole genre so like to me that's why it works and i totally i accept and admit the criticism of the like the the lyrics and the vocals um to a certain degree so yeah yeah okay let's move on to jake's all right there as we, we talked about before the microphone that yours on, is gonna be in the middle it's gonna it's be just, like it's just the way it goes because <laughs> it's gonna be and then i think that happened to grady last time and he's yeah. gonna be like well all our emotional energy was spent on jake's <laughs> i just want to go inside and eat uh we're done um anyway here's my album but, yeah I like yeah, it goodbye um okay so like i said earlier uh we should hold all questions to the end i have a I question think it's just gonna grady i swear to god Damn all right, it, Grady. So Damn it. should I raise my um, hand afterward? Or? Yeah, no. just ra just the raise your hand, and that. I will make a note of who raises their hand first, and we'll okay. go in the order. As the Do I get participation points? There's not grade. a grade here, oh, Grady. Okay, never mind. Um, You're the teacher. I don't know. I was. I was. Yeah, credential <laughs> retired. <point>. Yeah, <laughs> credential uh, expired. So there we go. Anyway, thanks for bringing that up. Anyway, um, so the album I picked. Oh man. <laughs> just <laughs> the feeling in, the feeling in my yeah, loins that i get it. when i talk about this record um i picked coed and cambria's i'm gonna read the full title here guys good apollo i'm burning star four volume one from fear through the eyes of madness what is considered to be their magnum opus it is their last album with their original lineup it was their debut on a major label and their best-selling and most popular record today 
So Woo. we've Bam. talked about Coheed and Cambria. Uh, they're a rock band from New York. It started in the early 2000s, and all of their albums, with the exception of one, are all concept-driven that focus in this universe that the frontman Claudio Sanchez has created. And this first part of the saga is called the Amory Wars. And it's basically like a sci-fi star Wars saga. Now I've written a brief summary that I'm just going to get through. <laughs> and this is where I need you guys to shut the fuck up. I have a and question. then we'll take the quick. No, just wait. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> the Amory Wars <laughs> is an epic sci-fi saga about the son of Coed and Cambria, accepting the fact that he is the bringer of the end. He's a Jesus figure. Who's going to save humanity by basically blowing up the universe and having the world start over because everything is fucked. And he doesn't want to do that outside of the story. So this is like a Star Wars story, blah, blah, blah. It fights space battles and all this shit, blah, blah, blah. There's an evil bad guy like the Emperor, all this shit. This album, the third one, gets super meta and is a concept within a concept because this album is about the guy who is writing the Amory Wars and how his life is falling apart. The narrator. And have, yeah, the narrator. They call him the writer. The writer, so There, there right. are a couple yes, songs sorry. on the called The Writing Writer or whatever. So he's trying to finish this story He's got, he's like off antipsychotic meds and starts hallucinating badly. His relationship ends and he starts having delusions and his subconscious starts talking to them in the form of a possessed demon bicycle named 10 speed <laughs> who basically gives him the solution. Like, I mean, if you a want, name. if you want to set yourself free, you need to, you need to stop writing this story. And the guy's like, I can't stop writing the story. He's having his relationship is falling apart with this woman, Erica Court, and the guy says, All right, you gotta kill the character so you'll stop thinking about her. There's a character in the Amory Wars named Ambelina who's based on her. You should so, see Grady's face at this point. Basically You lost me at ten speed bicycle. Just imagine he's just having he's not on his he's like bipolar and extremely manic and he stops taking his meds because he says when he takes antidepressants, which is very real, that it kind of shuts down the creative part of his brain. So he wants to finish this story, but when he's off his meds, he's shit, like completely out of control. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts making these changes to the story and the characters within the story notice that like shit is going wrong. Like they were supposed to be winning. Things were going good. And the writer who acts as their God is making all these changes. And then there's a four part suite at the end of the album called the willing well, which is where the characters from the story and the writer, like the worlds meet. So the character gets to meet the writer and they duke it out. Um, there's a comic book series for this. It was 12 issues, and all the Coheed albums have a narrative part like comic book called The Amory Wars that go with it. Now, Claudio is insistent that you don't need to buy the comics or be into that to enjoy the music. And I would say... To enjoy the music. Okay. Yeah. Like, you don't need it. You're not going to be totally lost. It's like an extra bonus. He didn't say bonus. to understand it, though. <laughs> That's the thing, <laughs> That's though. But if you had someone like Tyler who wasn't going to look at the lyrics and catch like, you know, made up planet names or the fact that there are character names and who didn't give a shit, you're not missing anything at all. And the bottom line is, is that these songs that he writes are influenced by things that happens in his life. And then, you know, he writes a story about them and that's it. So before we get into that, we're going to get balls deep in this shit. We're going to go to the willing well. <laughs> Number part two. Part two. 
Why don't you read that title for me, Grady? I want to hear you say it. Uh, Spotify cuts it off because it's too long. Okay, well, just, just, just <laughs> start it. Just start it. It, uh, it says, The Willing Well 2, From Fear Through... The Eyes dot, of Madness. Dot, the Eyes of Madness. Okay, All right, so we're going to start. This This bad boy is a little, about seven and a half minutes long. Uh, we're going to start from the 410 mark. Yeah, we, uh, won't, we won't make you listen to all seven minutes. You're going to want to. Uh, Don't worry, the album is only like ninety. You have a one in. You have a seventy-five minutes is what can fit on a CD, so that's what it is. What was it? You have a three in ten chance of wanting to listen to all seven minutes. No, you have a three in. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's good. He's paying attention. We're learning (laughs) questions coming up after this. All right, so here's uh, the Willing Well two.
All right. Fuck yeah. There it is. <laughs> That's it. The Willing Well. The Willing two. Well 2 from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just very, again, at the end of that, that four-part suite, there's a big planetary-like battle going on. And I don't know. Like, I feel like the whole album is very cinematic from the opening instrumental track with all the strings there's a lot of like I don't know the drums on that are very like war marchy like a lot of the snare beats and stuff like that and wait can you explain to me why at the end of the last track the last like minute or two are like folk country yeah. sounding that's a Led Zeppelin song <laughs> oh okay. they just they just kind of like they kind of jam it out why I don't, okay. know. I, I don't know I think it's just like a last uh I was it's, so kinda, it's almost like a secret track kind of thing it's got nothing to do with the so it doesn't so it doesn't play into the concept that doesn't i think that's just like a little just a little ditty on the outro but um points marked down for that that's a big no for me but um anyway yeah so you know the album is telling kind of two stories going i don't know i guess i compare it to like the way you watch game of thrones and the way like you read it is that there's two stories going on because it's what the writer is dealing with in the real world. This is like mental illness kind of takes him over and he has to deal with writing the story and then how him in reality is affecting the characters of this made up universe who are in the middle of a big space war. And again, it's about the main character who, uh, is also named Claudio, which Claudio regrets putting himself in the story and naming him that. So, so, so my joke yeah. on this, oh, okay, go ahead. Well, Go ahead. No, I want to, yeah. What, what were you going to say? Okay, so I just want to give my perspective on this album. Okay, well, um, okay. Well, let me tell the joke okay, first. Okay, let me tell the joke first before, yeah, and then I haven't even, I've just explained the story. I haven't talked about the album yet. I'm so, going to go fast. So when I was reading when I was reading into this and, it, and I noticed that Claudio named a character in his fictional whatever about that named him named the character after himself it just reminded me of michael scarn michael scarn yeah no. <laughs> and i was just and i couldn't get that out of my head he, for the he whole re- album he, he regrets it i mean he said <laughs> he started writing this story they were a different band and this was going to be a side project and then he brought it to the dudes who were in his band who were like high school you know best <clears throat> friends they'd been in a bunch of teenage bands together and they were he was telling them about this story that he was writing that he, and they were like dude let's fucking do that that sounds cool um but Coed and Cambria are based after his parents and then i think that's why he named he named the character himself but he he regrets that and the whole thing is like <laughs> the legend of michael scarn yeah, by exactly. michael scott <laughs> threat level midnight um but yeah i don't know the album if you wanted to take the concept away because the, the the story is about like, I don't know, it's a really gnarly, like angry, hateful breakup album, which like yeah. re- which reflects what he was going through mm-hmm. at the time. And then ultimately and he ended you- up uh, marrying the woman that this album is about where he's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, you whore. Which well, uh, yeah. low key, so, like, like to me, I could t- I could get that without reading the lyrics. Like, yeah. There's like some parts where he's like, I'm going to let this door crush your face or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's some very vivid. Well, uh, yeah. And so, I mean, that's basically what I was going to say is like, as someone who doesn't know the whole backstory and tie in the comics. Yeah. This basically just came off to me as like kind of misogynistic. Where it was, yeah. it's like this dude, and he wants to fucking murder his ex girlfriend because she like broke up with him or something. And like I was, it was very off putting to me, like without knowing the right. really elaborate 
context that it's placed in where it's like this writer writing a story and he has to kill off the character in his story to forget about the real person the characters but then the characters are yeah it, it like without knowing all that like really elaborate context it makes it sound very hateful and like kind of misogynistic and like i want to murder a woman because she scar you know she scorned me or whatever and you know what unfortunately that does come up and i mean we were talking about you know that's like that another love song is you know maybe not as straightforward as that but it's definitely like fuck you bitch i'm leaving written by a dude that was you know later accused of being abusive kind of thing and there's no justify i mean there's like you know people get canceled for that kind of stuff but at the same time you know then there's a song like wake up or the suffering or something like that where it's just like he was very much in love with this woman who wasn't ready to date a dude who was on tour all the time and they kind of took off kind of thing um but yeah it isn't a story it's a way i don't know it's kind of like why is the word escaping me right now uh it's like a story of acceptance and having to move through it where his subconscious is like telling him like dude if you want to get over this like you got to take this character out of the story and just like fucking move on because if you keep writing this story with a character that's based on this lady you're going to be thinking about her all the time and you know as far as i know the dude takes his medicine now because again it's based on claudia the mental illness that you know he got himself checked out and they're married and they have a kid and she's her comment about it Because, like, Claudia was just like, this is what happens. Like, you pissed me off. I put you in the story, and I fucking kill you. And she's just like, yeah, uh, good Apollo 1 is kind of like me having to pay penance forever. Because they close with Welcome Home Every Night. It's their biggest song. It was in Rock Band. It was in that Tim Burton movie. And that's about him being mad at her. Um, And it's, like, literally her. Yeah. It's not just, like, someone. No, yeah. it's, it's, It's definitely her. Um, but I mean, by the time the album came out, I think they were already back together because the producer talks about, he's like, yeah, when we did the final listening sessions, like she was sitting on the couch in the studio, like with him, just like hanging out. And I was just like, this whole record is about you. (laughs) Yeah. That's gonna be so (laughs) Um, awkward. And then she, she writes the comics. Like he comes up with the big idea, but she writes the script and the dialogue and stuff. But outside of all that, so obviously it's a very involved concept within a concept Coheed's been my favorite band since I was fucking in eighth grade when I first heard the suffering off this record. And I don't know, for the most part, like, I think really the only song in this album that I don't totally love is Wake Up. And it's just this arrangement because when they play that like solo acoustic, when it's just Claudio, um, it's way better. I think I don't like the sound of the lead guitar on it that has some weird like wah effect on it. Is that but, the softer like ballady one? Yeah. That's the stuff. Which okay. was on the really oddly on the snakes on a plane soundtrack (laughs) if you guys remember that that movie yeah i don't i don't know what part of the movie they played that in with the snakes on a well i guess the song is i'm gonna ride this plane and then i guess they put snakes on it but yeah so this is their most popular album i would say conceptually it's the most dense um yes but yeah when i thought a concept album it's a concept within a concept by a band that is like you know not only like doing concept album they are a concept band oh yeah it's deep yeah it's deep and like i would say a a lot of fans i was telling tyler not a uh, recently that there was a poll on reddit that a lot of people don't even interesting a lot of there was a poll about like you know do you own all the books are you looking to get the books you have no interest in the books and the overwhelming response was that coheed fans like don't read yeah they don't care about the, the lore as much which to me was really surprising because 
to me, when like back when you said like, oh, you don't need to understand it to like appreciate it. I am definitely in the camp of you definitely need to understand it to appreciate it. Like for me, without that mm-hmm. element of the album, like without knowing all that and the lore and whatever, I don't find it as intriguing. And um, I, d- I don't think that the album does a very good job of explaining itself. Yeah, no, like that's lore-wise. that's one of my biggest and it doesn't, complaints. And it is doesn't like, want, you don't doesn't read about want that. To. Yeah, like, but if you don't read about that, like, you don't get any of that from from no. just listening. The lyrics are relatively sparse, honestly, for right. how long some of these songs are. The the lyrics are pretty straightforward and sparse. Like each line is kind of just like a simple thing. And he asks a lot of questions on the album. Like a lot of the the lyrics come in the form of a question. Which to me is like, well, if you're asking a question, what the like, what am I at? Like, I don't even know what I'm doing, and here you're asking, like, you know, I don't understand anything. So well, that, to me, to me, to me that, it was like, that was an issue to because me, I couldn't figure it out. To me, when like, I'm listening to it, the issue was that I know something complex is going on, but I don't know what it is, and that was annoying in that sense of like, that's what made me go read about it because I'm like, okay, clearly this is like really deep and like. It's like a, watching a movie where you're like, you don't know what's going on, and you're like, okay, I need to like rewatch that because I need to just understand. Kind of feels it. like coming into like three seasons into a very dense yeah. like sci-fi TV. Well, show. you are though too. Well, you because are. This is yeah, four. This exactly. is the fourth but episode. Of I mean, the it did feel like that, but but here's the thing: le- like even less context. But we didn't even re- like. I don't think we got into as, as much or whatever with the last record where we were focused, where I brought it in from like a musical appreciation point or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Is that like if I wasn't advertising like telling you guys like yo this is a concept within a concept or whatever like if someone just like put this on to you because like i started yeah. the same way where someone like my cousin had an extra copy of this cd and he was like i really like this band okay so i want to i do want to talk about the music of it but yeah before we do that what i still want to know like okay I'll take on a simple now. on a simple yeah this is my question well for my first question that was way back was what is the album like that's not a concept album by Coheed? Is it very different or is it just like, ah, eh, fuck it, we're just doing a regular The songs are a lot shorter, more straightforward rock to the point that Claudio is almost gonna do it as a solo album, but Coheed oh. hadn't done something because he was so worried like because the concept thing is a double-edged sword because mm-hmm. he gets a, they get a lot of shit for it like in the yeah. music press or whatever is being like super it's nerdy or just like of. it's very yeah. easy to make fun of and I would say as he's gotten older he takes it a lot better like he used to be like very sensitive about it because at the end of the day like the songs like are personal but he's done this you know he's created this fictional narrative to kind of like hide his like real life experiences and now he's kind of like yep i'm the i'm the lead singer of that comic book band that everybody fucking hates or whatever kind of thing but where does that fall in their catalog like is it way later it yeah it was two albums ago and i think he wrote a lot of those songs he was about to be it's like him getting ready to be a dad like it's Mm. very much before his kid was born and they had moved kind of thing Um, but it's not, it's good. It's very different, but I mean, I'll say for like how much I love this band for that being like, not my favorite Coheed album. Like that, one of the songs from that non-concept album is what my Coheed tattoo is because I love that song so much. I think it's one of the best ones they've done. I mean, quickly going over just the musical aspect of this, it does feel, it does feel like, you know, an opus for them. Like it, it's very long. The songs are very sprawling. Um, there's, you know, there is some variety going on. Like the first track is like instrumental and has all those strings and stuff. There's the wake up song, which is very, um, much, much more like much softer. Um, 
and musically like he does a good job like the guitar lines are very clean like the, the recording is all very I clean. I think the dude's just and, got an ear for poppy vocal um, melodies too with the so, wo-o's and stuff. Like, I don't know. So like, hold on, it's hold on, a very specific now. style. So yeah. taking it a step back. And you, either, I feel like you either like it or you don't. Or you and, do, and you that's definitely what Co- like that's it. That's what Coheed And I is. just don't like that singing style at all. So like to, for me, that's the hardest part. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I talked about this the last time you brought, you know, you picked a Coheed album. But that to me, it just like, I can't get behind the vocal style. So, so that brings up a good point though of like, how like how important is the vocal style to a band because i think that was jake's complaint of queens of queens of stone age and like that's a common complaint and it's like where do you let that slide if the music's good enough you know what i mean um well it's not even if the music's good enough for me sometimes it's like lyrics and like for me like the two biggest things that come up with that because you know i get shit from again like you know i the people that we went to high school with or like close friends that i have like Jackson is the only dude I know that likes Coheed. Like we all know how Tyler Dak like shits all over me yeah. for it or whatever. And like, and I'm, I'm Which used is surprising to it. Like, in a way because like they're kind of in that fit scene. Into that scene. But hold on, okay. he likes the favorite house Atlantic. But what I was gonna say about you were talking about is like for me where I think the biggest thing for like where the vocal styling is like bad and where people you know let it slide would be like Neil Young or Bob Dylan. Yeah, who, like for sure. technically are not good singers. I mean, I think of there's there's a few examples of like modern bands even where I'm like. I'm not stoked on the singer, and it's just it's like just personal preference. Totally, I know, but like, yeah. where do you let it slide? Like, where? Like, well, it just what's depends. your threshold? I mean, you know? sometimes I mean, because to just me, because to me, this is right on the threshold of like, it's not the singing's not so bad that I'm like, oh god, I can't listen to it. But it's definitely, I'm definitely in that same camp of like, I don't enjoy the singing styling, but I do enjoy the music to to a degree. So it's like it's hard for me to balance it. But okay, my point. I, I want to make about the musicality of it and the music uh, technicality. Jake, if you had to summarize the concept into a really simple, like one sentence description, like what would it be for this album? Just so we can start there. The concept? Yeah, like generally, like this is an album about nature. This is an album about outer space. Like what, like in like, you know what I mean? Like that's one word, but like, or a couple words, but like, what do you, what would be like your one sentence description of the concept? This would be a story, like a, a sci-fi saga about a universe on the brink of apocalypse and a guy having to accept his role in letting the apocalypse happen despite wanting to save people and the people he loves. Okay. So that's still pretty long, but whatever. I'll let, I'll let you have it. <laughs> but basically my, so what I took away from reading the concept uh, like reading into the concept is like it's basically an album that takes place in outer space correct like it's about planets there's like interplanetary wars there's like this kind of lore that's like if you were to put it in a in a genre it would be like this sci-fi outer space genre right it wouldn't be like gnomes and like no not, fan, not and hard like, fantasy, it's not fantasy yeah, it's right sci-fi. so that's where my complaint about the music comes in is that I don't think any of the music or instrumentation or writing like music writing on the album is bad, but I don't get sci-fi outer space from any of it. And so that's where I fall in this kind of limbo of like, does the music play into the concept? Like, I'm not so sure. Like how, how do you, like, I was trying to think, I was like, okay, so if that's my criticism, how would they have done it better? Right. And I think of a band like, and this is going to be kind of like an easy one, but I think of like Circus Survive where like to me, the effects on the guitars and the atmospheric nature, like it has this ambiguous outer space kind of 
sci-fi like feeling to it. Whereas this just feels like straight rock. Mm-hmm. And it does it doesn't like instill this kind of like intergalactic space age deal for me. And so that's where I have a complaint with the music. It's not the music itself, but it's it's the it's if it's you're gonna go the... Yeah, like if you're gonna go that deep into a concept where it's like this fucking concept within a concept and there's this lore and backstory. Which, like the music's yeah. gotta fit in there somehow. And like to me it just it didn't it didn't cross that threshold enough. Well and I think and this is like the the flip opposite of like what your album was is that like musically and production wise from your point of view like how it fits in with this driving concept that like with the exception of a few mentions lyrically that album didn't really stick to that concept or whatever right because like you know what would good sci-fi music be like more synthy like electronic yeah. kind of thing like and that would be they i but, think they'd get made more fun no, of but for that that's but, but that's my that's my desire because it's almost like I want that out of prog, prog rock in a way. Like mm-hmm. I want that like synthy, spacey, proggy element. And it's like this is prog still. Like you can you can sense like it's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. And there's like the guitar work is very proggy and the drumming and the way that. But they then wrote you do the have songs that are verse, chorus, verse, chorus, you which do. is why it's so hard. But I would still in put this in prog. I'd still put this as like it part of a prog. Band this is, I'd say whatever, this is like a pro, like they're a band with prog elements, and this is their yeah. most prog album. Right. But to me, to me, I agree with you, Tyler. And I don't think Muse Imagine. It's almost like he wanted to get like the best of both worlds, where they did this whole story and the the comic book, and then the music on the album doesn't really match that, and it's just like doing their you know what they want to do and musically, think, well, and, but. And, and that's I think that's I for asking. the band too, right? Or whatever. And that's yeah, what I was exactly. asking you, Jake, and that's I. I had a conversation with Jake about this because I was like, "Hey, I've been listening to this," and like, I was like, "What? So what comes first? Like the concept or the music or like how do they do that?" And Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were saying like, "Well, Claudio basically like comes up with these concepts and then like the band just fucking jams to it. Like they just play, they just like write the music. Like it doesn't ha- I would necessarily say, have to do with the concept." Claudio writes a a lot of the music like puts down a rhythm track and brings it in and then the band builds it around but like that. they're not they're not like deep into the lore so, of the concept to where what i like, what i don't get no yeah. what i don't get is he already has a solid concept for this album without the whole backstory of the comic book he the 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 concept he has is that he is struggling with his mental health and now dealing with this you know, thing where his, the person that he, you know, is in love with basically wants to leave him because he's in a touring band. Like, that's a concept right there. Why didn't he just make the album that, you know, write the songs from that perspective? I he think already he already has a character. I think, but he, I think he did, but kinda, it, he just but, took it to another level. Which right, like, but to me, it's like, wh- why? Why do that? Well, I think by at that point, if this is their third release or whatever, like, you know, and he's already like a lot of it comes out first where it's just like, you know, this is part of a sci-fi saga that's going to be four parts and they're already two albums deep kind of thing. But as far as but the music's you- not super matching it or whatever, I think that goes with what I said, why he's so adamant about like, you know, we're a rock band and there's this extra thing like if you want it, because yeah, I think, right. again, if you if it's like, like optional. Yeah, because if you went full in, number one, I think it'd be hard to find a fucking band that was just like, we're only doing like electronic, like sci-fi, what, like, you know. It no, needs but for act- these four or whatever. Yeah, like, I exactly. Don't know. I and don't I know. think, you know, it kind of falls into, you know, 
it it's more of a sci-fi theming or whatever but a lot of other concepts from like big 70s rock band like i don't know like rush 2112 is a is a space record and that you know is just you know guitar bass and drums or whatever and zeppelin has you know their hobbit misty mountain songs or whatever well, that's you just go back like, to pink floyd too yeah and pink floyd or whatever kind of so yeah that doesn't i don't know it doesn't bug me as as much and again like i don't i just think there are I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's not other people like them or whatever. Like, no, I, I, I think like, I, I think for me, like, I definitely think the concept is badass. Like, they 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 bite off a lot and they're able to like manage it. And I think that that's that's cool. I mean, like, I respect the hell out of them for that. Like, Grady, to your point, why not just write the concept that it's supposed to be? Maybe because that's like kind of a cliche concept, and they wanted to kind of fucking make it a little bit like more gnarly and intelligent Jake, and like literary. To right? your credit. Mm-hmm. As much as I like, don't really get this band on a personal level. I can fully understand why they are your favorite band, <laughs> yeah, and why they would sure. be other people's favorite band. Yeah, I mean, sure. they have a lot of like really lot going ambitious on. things happening. You know, yeah. I mean, they have the whole nerdy like comic book element, which is like cool if you're you know if you get into that from the start. Plus, you started listening to them when you were in eighth grade, which is like you know you grow up with it basically at that point so it's exactly. like i'm not fault like there i i'm not faulting you for saying like this is your favorite band or anything like that i just like on a personal level coming in at a random juncture it's like it just makes zero sense to me i think way, i think that they're, makes sense i think they're pretty universally respected musically too because like when i was up in san francisco i i was listening to this and i had i had albert and and my friend ray like weigh in on this opinion wise and they're both they're both from san diego and they grew up in like the kind of like emo like post-hardcore scene or whatever yeah and they're both like oh yeah like coheed like yeah they're good like coheed's good yeah and and i'm like yeah like they're good but like what's your feeling about them like if you had to choose between going to see circa and coheed like what would you choose and they're both like well circa and i'm like okay so like they're good but like where do they fall and they're like well, they're good. Like, you got to respect Coheed. Like, you got to give them fucking props, dude. It's fucking Coheed, you know? Like, yeah. They're, so they're both, like, lifting them up. But, like, that's kind of where I sit. And, and in a weird way. But, like, and I don't want to sound like, oh, I just, like, I'm going off their opinion. Like, if someone asked me if I liked Coheed, it'd be, like, a loaded question, right? Because it's, like, you got to respect it. It's, like, and, a like, yes, but. It's, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Like, you got to respect it. And, like, the music is there and, like, this and that. But it's, like, but if you, like, if you said, like, hey, I have tickets to a Coheed show or a Circa show, like, <laughs> I would choose Circa as well. You know what I mean? Like, dude, when I saw them together when they did a co headlining tour, it was the best show of my life. Yeah, it was and incredible. It, and they're, I, I and bet, they're like, they, and they're, they fit together. Yeah, they're buddies. To, they were we, on the we're same running label. long on this, so we need to wrap <laughs> this up. All right. We are. Anyway, I, yeah, I've said my piece, but anyway. All right, that's all the time we have. Thank <laughs> you so much for. And hey, uh, now onto the singles. Grady, uh, what's mm. going on, man? Uh, what's going on? What's going on over what's there? Going what's happening, brother? On? Yeah, what's happening, brother? <laughs> um, okay, well, transitioning to to my pick, the last pick, and the most mellow, I would say, <laughs> of of the picks this week. I chose uh, the album What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, which came out in 1971. And I want to let the record show that, uh, <laughs> wink, wink, that I picked an album from the 70s and Tyler picked an album from the 2000s, which is which is rare. It's usually Tyler picking old Ooh, stuff. That's in the 70s. a good point. Grady. And I'm, you know, I'm the one picking more modern stuff. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, this is um, his 11th studio album, which is a lot. But um, 
it's honestly probably his most landmark album and the one that really kind of put him in on the podium, so to speak, for Motown and soul music. Um, it came out, the, the, the concept of it is interesting because... What part of space does this take place? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Earth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That Silent, Earth, Silent Earth no, three. Yeah. Got Silent it. Earth it's three. It's the right planet now. that the sun revolves around. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. I mean, like the Wikipedia page lists it as a concept album, but say no more. Exactly like how much of a concept <laughs> in regards to like telling like a narrative concept is I would say up for debate. I mean, this says that it's. Um, a concept album and it's told from the point of view of like a Vietnam war veteran who comes home and then he like witnesses all this, you know, suffering and injustice in his country. And then it's like from his perspective. But I would say that for the most part, I interpret it as being from Marvin Gaye's perspective um, because a lot of the lyrics are, they they seem very personal to him and about his life. So for instance, is it about um, a black Vietnam war veteran or just yeah. a Vietnam War It's based veteran. off his brother. His well, brother yeah. so was his a brother yeah, came so. back from the Vietnam War and was telling him, like, stories about how fucking awful it was. Right. And so a lot of that was inspired by this. He was also really affected by the death of his partner, um, Tammy Terrell, who um, died, like, a year before he made this. And basically all this, he was, he was kind of struggling um, in the music industry at that time. And he he wasn't really taking off as much. Um, he was also struggling with like mental like depression, mental health issues, and drug drug abuse with like cocaine and whatnot. So um, basically, all this shitty stuff started happening in his life, and he decided like fuck it, I'm gonna start talking about issues in my music that I actually care about and that are like very politically charged, which was not common at that time at all. Yeah. Um, and a well, lot of people were like, and, he's not, and that's why he's one of the pioneers of yeah, doing that. Exactly. Does he come from like a, I don't know shit about Marvin Gaye. Does he come from like a gospel background? He comes from a very like? religious family. Yeah. Um, and there's some really like fucking weird lyrics in this, on this album that were like almost prophetic because there's a part, um, talking about like his father putting down the gun or something. And the way that Marvin Gaye died was he was living at home and his parents got into an argument and he basically like got up and got into an altercation with his father because he was being like abusive towards his mom. And the dad got like so furious that he ran up to his room and got the gun that Marvin Gaye um, got him because he was paranoid that he would get assassinated. And the dad brought the gun down and shot his son, Marvin Gaye, in, in the chest twice and killed him damn isn't that insane like and there's a lyric there's lyrics on this album about basically like his father holding like a gun and stuff like put down the gun etc etc so it's really crazy um damn but before we go into a little more i'm gonna play probably the softest most relaxing song on the album because i feel like we've already listened to enough um hard rock rock and roll (laughs) for the evening so this is the song um holy holy by marvin Gaye. Oh, 
That's a beautiful song, I think. Anyway, yeah, no, I um, mean it's definitely it's got a it's got saxophone. So yeah. at that point, the chimes. space wizard is coming yeah, down. Exactly. It's got chimes. So yeah. I oh, mean, and I'd also like to point out that uh, it's holy w h o l y and then yeah. holy, and it's just some great great wordplay. I appreciated that. Yeah. So you. the concept on this holy. album is, you know, it's, it's very political in you know, in it, in its nature. Um, it's, it's personal and it's political. So it's, it's really just him taking a step back and saying like, these are all the things that I think are really fucked up with the world and or our country. And yeah, the concept, songs for pretty much each of them. The concept is like being Marvin Gaye and his family in 1977 or whenever this came out. Yeah. But like, you have to think that at the time, like that was very, yeah, revolutionary in a no, way but to I'm like saying write he touches, pop music. But I'm saying he touches on issues. a lot. He touches on a lot. Yeah, I mean, the, what's going concept. on? The first song, the song that the album is named after, the title track, um, that was written because he was on a tour bus, and they basically saw um, they they saw like an act of police brutality happening outside the tour bus, 
And like one of the people on the bus was basically said like, what is going on? Like what is happening in this country? Like this shit is fucked up, blah, blah. blah. And then he wrote, you know, the song based on that. And then there's what's going wrong. Um, exactly. Um, other than that, you know, flying high in the friendly skies is about, you know, being addicted to opioids yep. like heroin and stuff. Save the Children is about... Now, what I really wanted to say about this album is songs with, like, Mercy Me, The Ecology, and then... That, what's, what's the last track called? So, Inner City Blues, Yeah, Mercy I'm just glad Me. that uh, none of these problems exist anymore, and that Marvin Gaye <laughs> yeah. would be so happy to figure oh, out that God, and none of this police I mean, brutality this dude, and uh, this climate was, change is... He, yeah, he was freaking singing about climate issues in the early 70s in you know soul like motown pop music which was like people used to water their lawns with gas back then yeah it's crazy i mean it was really unheard of and then like (laughs) inner city blues i i think that oh my god you know the stuff that he talks about in inner city blues is still like super heavily relevant today like he's talking about how back then it was like oh they're NASA is giving all this money or the government's giving all this money to NASA to like fund a space race for no reason. Meanwhile, there's all these, you know, black kids, inner city black kids who were no reason who did. You want Russia to get there first? Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, meanwhile, there's all these people in poverty that basically get no support and, you know, no help and no housing and all this stuff. And he's talking about that in the early 70s. And it's like, yeah, those problems were super prevalent then and they're still really prevalent now so that was one of my it, favorite it tracks on home. the record i think it's like the yeah. darker one because for the most like part it. like a lot of it is like kind of hopeful you know being yeah. like we got to yeah. get together and we got to love each other and stuff but i'll say the fucked up thing that came up because i know this is a serious album but i couldn't help but think of like the two uh flight of the concord song where they try to tackle these issues like so like inner city blues or whatever like inner city pressure like them talking about that and i don't think i've seen that what about uh what's wrong with the world today (laughs) them singing about the issues but uh no i think Um, it's a little more serious than that so musically like the way he ties this together is it's all essentially one long song it's like a song cycle I learned that from wikipedia too Um, what a song cycle is yep there you go (laughs) um and he you know, he uses a lot of different styles on it. I mean, it's like Motown, I guess, generally, but there's, you know, there's some jazz elements, there's funk, there's soul. Well, a me, lot it's... of the percussion is like bongos. And what was like the one triangle. with the real, uh, the one with the Latin groove? Mm, a few of them have sort of a Latin yeah. groove. Dude, this is very quintessential 70s music. Like, yeah. this is like, okay. We're going into the studio. What instruments do you want? All right, I got to have saxophone. I got to have chimes. I got to have smooth <laughs> piano, drums. Like, there's just, like, it's super 70s, which is great because, like, I think that's super interesting about it is that it is pretty fucking dark, but, like, the music mm-hmm. is uplifting, and it does have that, like, 70s thing of, like, it's going to be all right. Like, we're just, like, we're chilling. Like, this music is, like it's like sultry and soulful and like Mm -hmm. it's uplifting. So it has that classic contrast of like dark lyricism matched back with like music to create this kind of melancholy, like not really sure how to feel, you know, like Like, the Smiths, bro. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I mean, honestly in a weird way. (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely some bands. Like, I mean, I mean, like I might get slapped on the wrist for this, but like the shins also do that. Right. And and the lyrics reflect that a little bit too. Like flying, like the song flying high in the friendly skies, like 
it sounds like a happy title, you know? Right. But then when you, you ever actually done think heroin, about it dude? and you're like, oh, yeah. But I think and that that could be the contract. I mean, obviously, I can't speak to, like, being black in the 70s. But, like, I could, yeah. I, I could draw the conclusion of, like, maybe that is how it is of, like, there is this kind of, there is this, like, I don't want to say false hope, but, like, there is this kind of... Um, this ambiguity right of like should we feel hopeful or should we feel depressed and like i feel like that kind of is the vibe of the 70s i mean whether you know whoever you are in the 70s like i feel like that was kind of it it was like it was like oh this like this is the time that america is going to be like we're making all this progress with tech with technology and like with like politics and all this stuff and that's like but then in the background there's like heavy drug addiction, heavy mental health issues, well, like not even violence. in the background, like in the forum. Oh yeah, I mean like, but like, it was trying to be pushed to the, the background. Like we, it's like serial killers yeah. started, like all this fucked up shit. We're not like qualified to describe was, the complexities of Vietnam and right. the yeah, 70s. Yeah, but like but, the but, uh, 70s was so <laughs> pivotal in like these moments of like, not even like society, but like the human mind and the human, like, I don't know, like depression and serial killings, like that was a huge Acid. thing that started really from... I mean, in my opinion, like the aftermath of Vietnam and like the drug, like, yeah. like I'm sure drugs played but, into it and all that, but like the, the environment of the, the time. Right. So, I mean, the record, speaking back to the record, like what you were just saying, the song title and like the way that it's written is very interesting that it shows that kind of like contrast. Yeah, but I mean, right? it's not all like bleak. There is some optimism in there. I mean, specifically on the songs that focus more on his religious background, like God is Love and the one we played, Holy Holy. There he's talking more about like how that's the one thing in his life that helps him through it. Yeah. And like, I, I'm the not a huge factor. advocate for, you know, organized religion, but I'm always, you know, if people want to use that as a method to, you know, to cope. find hope and cope, like, you know, that's great. And he, he talks about that in God is love and specifically on Holy Holy, which is about like, we need, you know, he's using these sort of religious metaphors to say, as a country, we need to, you know, come together better and work on these issues because they are, they're widespread and they're there. But if we do, you know, if we come together and help each other, then we can at least partially solve them. Well, those are the so good, those are the good parts of religion, in, right? In like way. the coming yeah. together and the, like, let's help, let's help one another out. Like, let's lift each other up. Like, that's the good part about the religion. Yeah, factor. Yeah. Sure. Now let's talk about the bad parts of religion. <laughs> let's get. Oh, uh, we don't um, want to get into that. Um, no, I was gonna say. So, I. It's funny. I knew what's going on, but the first time that I ever heard, uh, "Mercy Me," mm -hmm. is a weird ass cover with Eddie Vedder and Julian Casablancas from The Strokes cover that oh, song together. Interesting. Um, which I guess it makes wow. sense. Eddie Vedder is like, you know, part of the Surfrider Foundation, Protect the Ocean, talking about Mercury and the and the fish and stuff like that. I would, The only song that I didn't really... The, the segs on here are are perfect, the way that it goes into yeah. one... Like, in, in terms mm -hmm. of that being a concept, like having it be one, like, you know, this progression through these issues, like going through these themes, it was, it was spot on. Um, the bass playing, and I think super sick. There's the bass one bass player that handles the majority of it, and then a different bass player on two tracks. I think I read, but regard like the bass playing is fucking insane on this record. The only song that didn't really do it for me, and it it read well lyrically. I just didn't like the execution. Was the save the children? I wasn't mm -hmm. the biggest fan of the of the reading the lines and then just kind of like repeating them through singing. 
kind of thing. But like what he was saying was important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it read as a good like kind of, you know, spoken word so, poem kind of thing. But. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that that's not one of the more like memorable tracks. Um, but the interesting thing about this record is that it's technically like a pop album, essentially, for, you know, for the time. But there aren't really like I mean, what's going on is probably the clear like single but if you just like put on a random song on this album, it it really doesn't read like a pop song, the way it's like presented no. because they all flow together like that and they cut off and they're and there are they a couple all, longer ones. Yeah, and they're they're kind of the way the beats work is like they're very the percussion is very like flowing between each song um, and not structured in like to the song itself, I should say. Um, like the songs will just start with like just the bongos like already going, you know. Um, and then he like comes into it. So if you play them like out of context, they're almost like weird sounding. Okay, yeah. so that's me. what, and this has nothing to do with how I interpret this record, but going through the Wikipedia, like looking at the release history, because there's so many different like special versions or whatever, there's a bonus disc where he plays, it's like a live concert from the Kennedy Center, and it looks like most of the songs, like he plays a huge chunk of this album, like a bunch of these songs, but not in the same order, which I thought mm. was like weird. Cause it seems like this would be the kind of thing that if you were going to play this right. live that you do it. <laughs> the beginning probably to end. just know how to like blend them. Well, I'm sure like, and band. yeah, I'm sure you can, you know, you could stick them out or whatever and just kind of rotate them in. But I thought that was interesting. I'm like, why did you play them in a different order? And then the other thing that I think works really well, um, as a concept is having the reprise of what's going on at the mm -hmm. very, the yeah. very end that gives That's it like that, a classic that full concept, album. Yeah, classic yep. concept move, right move. there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting because like this album for me musically is very easy to listen to, but yet if you, if you dive into the lyrics or you like pay attention it's to kind the of words, a bummer, man, it's definitely depressing and kind of like shit. So it's, it's very deceiving. Cause like you can just put this on as background and be like, oh, this is like smooth, easy music. But then there's definitely some depth going on there. And he's very, I mean, he's very direct. Like the yeah, lyrics, oh yeah. you, you know, you get a sense for what each song is about just listening to it one or two times without yeah. even looking at the lyrics because it's you not know, metaphorical. Say, yeah, no, that kind of bothered me. I kind of wish that he had hit it in a well-written, convoluted, fictional narrative <laughs> that I could have interpreted. But I mean, that's like, you know, that was his reality. He's looking outside and seeing yeah. this shit like in his day-to-day -day life. So it, he reflects that in the song. Like he, like this lyric from uh from save the children that i had up because you were talking about the lyrics he just basically says um when i look at when i look at the world it fills me with sorrow it's like it's just straightforward like i'm looking out and it fucking sucks and this is why yeah and i think um, i think these issues are things that i almost like can't really be written into metaphors like these issues it's mm -hmm. like what's the saying like you can't you couldn't write a movie about this shit like it's just like so it's so in your face like yeah especially if you're like you know the bodies of the children it's almost plague like the fields of evermore it's almost like our country and just countries governments countries in general do so much to try to hide these issues yeah like if as you're like a awake, part of nationalism that he's almost saying like i don't want to hide it anymore you know than than i, like, I was yeah, just yeah, thinking like that in my head that it'd be it. very easy back in the day for big record companies especially like motown has a shady history especially in the way they treated their artists and those shitty yeah. contracts back in the day to just be like yo uh don't sing about that 
You, right. you can't sing about no, that. No, they were telling right. him that for years, yeah. basically. And he was right. going along with it because he was like, okay, well, they keep telling me it's going to help my career and I'm, you know, whatever, whatever. And then and all this like, all this stuff it, happened to him and he just reached a point where he was like, you know what, I'm going to write about, I'm going to do the music I want to do. Yeah. And they can fucking deal with it. I think that's always the right move, right? Like, do what you feel you need to do, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I think, I think to me it's, uh, this is a deep one for him, especially like, I don't associate Marvin Gaye with like, I don't know. It's hard. Like I associate Marvin Gaye most, with like a pop. Yeah, icon most in people a way, associate you know? him with like, oh, he has a very soulful voice, yeah. and it, you know the sexual tension song, which yeah. is like very, you know, people think of it as like, oh, like love making music. Or yeah, whatever. like which is you know, put it's it like, in this context, we're like, oh fuck, we've got to do <laughs> yeah. something about the oil crisis, baby. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely good. I think. I think there's a lot of talent in the music of this too. Like, I don't know how much of a role he played in like writing the music and like uh, orchestrating it or whatever. But like, damn, a lot of a lot of talent going on in the instruments as well. I think the only he had a lot of help. Like, I know what's going on was like some dude from another Motown band band like brought it to him and had to like talk him into it. like, no, we should do this because his band didn't want to do it because it was too political and then marvin gay added to it but i think the only one he has sole lyrical writing credit for uh is mercy me he wrote mm. that one by himself but i mean it's a huge when you look at the i mean he's got a yeah, full a like huge, or, uh, like string section horn section all the different percussion and shit like that i'd be interested in knowing that too how much a role he played in uh yeah arranging everything but yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, you know, I feel kind of embarrassed being 29 and not having listened to that record because you see it everywhere. It's probably on every, like, thousand albums listened to before you yeah. die or Rolling yeah. Stone list or whatever. But, uh, and I never would have guessed, like, and I, knowing the two songs that I do, knowing that it was a concept record. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's what I was going to say is, like, I'm familiar with, like, the singles, but, like, I haven't sat down and listened to this, like, end to end. So it's cool. But, yeah. All right. All right, let's let's vote. Okay. And then wrap up quickly with the singles. Cool. I get to vote last. Yes. Oh, I get to vote first. Yep, that's the way yeah. she goes. All right. I'm going to vote for Grady's. Man. <laughs> it all comes down to this. Well, I'm yeah. going to vote for Grady's too, just based on like it was the it was the loose concept part of the queens of the stone age that adhering to the theme for me personally and again you know it wasn't laid in stone it's all up to interpretation we address that That's go true. back over the past hour and a half we've been doing this and, and i give your guys album a tie no you don't get to do you that I, you, you have to pick one i really want to know because obviously you have you, a, you have obviously your plan worked like you won so like <laughs> i mean your plan worked it didn't really we didn't we're, weren't like my completely plan. hating on each other but yeah. No, we've matured yeah, in we've the matured. past two years. I just picked um, a really good album. True. Okay, so <laughs> what you what are you picking then? I don't know, man. Oh come on, these you both know. these are just different for me. <laughs> different. They're different. terrible in different ways. They're different. Um. Do do. Honestly, do, do. like my gut. It's so hesitant. It's tough. Honestly, like the the one thing that just grinds my gears about the Coheed album <laughs> is that like the language he uses when he's like talking about the the female character and he like calls her a whore and stuff. It just makes it like really off putting to me. Like I don't know. It just like it you makes can't get me. Past it. But it, those it makes sweet, it hard for me to get poppy past poppy melodies. Because like that's and what then I he, hear. But then he loves her. 
and they get married yeah, and they have a I kid, know, Grady. You I if know, you can't get past it, but, you can't. And they're listening to it. They're like living if, a life like together. Like, if I put that on in a car and someone was like, did Ooh. he just say I want to, like, slam that whore's head in a door? Yeah, that's not be, the lyric and you I, know it. I, I would feel very uncomfortable in that position. And so I think for that reason, that's I got to go with, that's not I gotta go with Tyler. That's not the uses, but, and you know that. Yes, I got the But vote. that's the only reason. I think conceptually, Jake, yours is stronger. Yeah. Well, that's a good And one. honestly, musically, I think it's stronger, too, in some ways. I mean, how um, can you find an album that's conceptually stronger? I dare it's you more have to triple concept. It's more varied. You'd have to triple down on the so, concept. Okay, Grady, so all these things that you're saying is just, like, again, <laughs> taking me back to the classic Smiths thing that I, I didn't it. like I this one it's, That's thing. how Grady's brain works, It's a Jake. typical deal-breaker scenario for me, I gotta say, on the vote. On the vote, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's how it goes. It's I like, guess that just means that I'll just have to keep running through the discography. It's like if you went out on a date with someone. It's like if you went out on a date with someone and it was like going pretty well and like you liked, you know, how they looked and they had seemed like they had a pretty good personality and they were funny and then they said like, "Oh, I'm a flat earther." You know, it's like, Ooh. "Oh, I'm a, that's a deal breaker." You know, then you're like, "Yeah, I got to go home." It's kind of like that, you know. Do you do you no, it's more like if you were going on a date and like everything was perfect, they aligned with everything you said, but then you sneezed and they didn't say God bless you. <laughs> and you're like, oh, deal that's breaker. a deal breaker. No, this is I a say Grady, Grady's would bother me more <laughs> than that. Yeah. This anyway. is Seinfeld. Um, okay, cool. So singles, singles of the week. Singles. Uh, what order? Oh, we'll just go you on the playlist. You went first, right? Go on the order. order. Uh, okay, so I picked Red Room by Hiatus Coyote. Red Room. Um, they're red round. Red, red um, they're a hatus coyote. Wait, would that be backwards? Moor, moor, deer, murder, murder, Mordor. Concepts. It's Mordor. almost murder. There's a it's murder. Mordor, like Lord Mordor. of the Rings yeah, concept. Okay. Anyway, hatus coyote. They're I think Australian. Australian based. They band. are. Um, I think New so. Zealandian. I don't know. I gotta New Zealandian. Look it up now. Uh, that's not what they're called <laughs> anyway they're they're cool they're like uh they're like a jazz they got some jazzy influence they got some like kind of funk going on but this single was interesting um it's off their forthcoming album i think that's out june 25th of this this Ooh. month so pretty soon but um has it been I a minute since done, they put something out yeah it's yeah. been a little bit they, this is bit. the third no this is the second of three singles that are now out okay um this one is like I would say one of my favorites so far. I like the I like one of the other ones too, and then the third one I'm not so fond of. But um, it's cool. It's really simple. It's a super simple track. Um, yeah, they're usually very. They're like they're like math funk jazz. Math. I like that. It's like they, yeah. they make like <laughs> funky funk jazz, jazz music, but it's like really like she's got a cool voice. Sounds. Yeah, she's got a really and, cool voice, and it's one of those bands where you like they kind of fly under the radar until you're like, oh, what is this? And then you're like, oh shit, how have I not been listening to this all this yeah, time? Yeah, she has a very know? unique voice. Um, but yeah, they're cool. Uh, this song, again, like pretty simplistic concept or like writing structure, but really jammy. Good. Yeah. Some got some good tones. It's cool. I'm gonna definitely gonna check out the album once it comes out. Uh, okay, yeah, mine, my song, my single is Like I Used To by Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen. They came together to do a collaborative track together, and 
Um, Dude, this they've... has been a hyped up. I think like a lot of people are saying are they like, doing it's an their, album? their favorite song of the year. No, I don't think so. I think it was just a one off. Dude, they need to put. But... I heard this on the radio the other day, but they need to put together a list of all of the fucking songs that Sharon Van Etten's been featured on. Like she, she's on a lot. <laughs> she is on a lot. On a lot of songs as but, a featured artist. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is one of the better songs that has come out from either of them. I think in a while, personally, I I really liked it. It's really catchy. I think it do mixes you, their styles together well. It gives them both an equal spotlight. Um, do you listen their, to their voices work well? The the songwriting. It's song got a seventies really vibe. I was telling. Yeah. It's got kind of a seventies like. Uh, Bruce Springsteen kind of vibe to it. Yeah, but, one of our old um, high school, a teacher from our high school, I'm still friends with yeah, Facebook, he um, posted this, and I was just like, how are you listening to this, sir? When yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely hyped up, and I think it's reaching a lot of people that you would like be like, huh, why are you listening to this? But honestly, to me, it, it lives up to the hype, so. I mean, they've both been around for, like, quite a while. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of both of them individually, so. Um, have you, did you hear the Sharon Van Etten feature on Deep Sea Diver? That's a, I think that track's I don't a think really I've good track. I don't think I've listened to that yet. That's a really good track. Anyway, Jake? Uh, I picked a single by the band Churches called How Not to Drown. And Chiverches. Yeah, Chiverches yeah, with a V. Um, uh, but why'd you really pick it? Yeah. Because Tell Robert, us the real Robert Smith's on it. <laughs> uh, I'm not super well-versed in Churches, and what I am is just kind of like, they're whatever. They're, but, a, thumbs, they're a thumbs down but for me. They're Rob, kind of yeah. a, they're a middle thumb to thumbs down for me generally. Yeah, but I would say that I don't know. Robert Smith's been doing a lot of features the past three yeah, years instead of what God, he'll do anything to not fucking put out the two Cure albums that he says he's working on. Apparently, <laughs> he's so procrastinating. I to, yeah, exactly. To the I'll take what I could extent. get. Because um, oh he did he did a song with Gorillas that was okay, and he I did like that one. yeah that one was good. But the reason why I like this song because I can flat out tell you that I don't really care for the. Church's singers, oh, yeah. yeah. But if you took her away, right, and okay, it was just yeah. Robert Smith, yeah. if a new Cure yes. album sounded like that, yes. I'd be like, yeah. fuck that yeah. Exactly and that's what thought. I had to imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. like, so if you skip the first <laughs> verse where it's just her, and I will say that when they sing together, because they each get it's a verse right. and then they start singing together, that is yeah. just like, oh, if the Cure had background vocal, yeah, yeah, like yeah. again, it's just like, what if this was the Cure, the the Cure's. The um, Kirches we'll is like that <laughs> one of those the bands that I should like them, but <laughs> I just shouldn't. never have. Are they like, a pop? Like, are they pop? Dude, they're like, they're like, huge. Oh, they're yeah. huge. Like yeah. everyone fucking talks about them, but they're they're always like well reviewed for the most part. They're like yeah. very much up my alley in terms of like genre and scene. They're like synth poppy and like dream like pop. The, but I just like have never XX. liked it. It's like the XX to me. It falls in that exact same category where it's just like it just doesn't have that that it factor the to xx me. are so boring. it doesn't have the x factor yeah i'm not <laughs> fucked up enough to like the xx anymore. i don't know for me for the me, xx Jake, is like funny let's that play two is. guitar notes and whisper sing yeah. on a whole the whole album and get 10 out of 10 scores everywhere for some reason dude for me I it's funny because your interpretation of this single was exactly the same as mine i was yeah, like yeah I mean, that's okay, pretty much what, what, what if so, this yeah. was the cure uh so but apparently those cure albums are coming and uh, you can they're listen coming. to this they're until coming. yeah maybe they're, in the next decade yeah they're they're coming it's been sometime uh, before it's been Robert thirteen it's been thirteen years since the last Cure record but Oof. he says there's there's two of them coming there's hope yeah so that's that's happening uh, Grady what's the deal with that thing that you invited me to we're doing a Spotify blend oh. now oh yeah dude, those are, are sick I invited what everyone I, to it those are really oh wait cool. so there's more people on it now no no so no, no you do only one one oh, one, one, one yeah but it's funny because I looked at Grady than mine because yours. Put an Andy Schauf song on mine with oh. your little picture next to it, and I was just like, 
Nah. I feel like with us, it's not going to work because we, we have these playlists that, so like basically it's just going to be the fucking on. podcast music. Yeah. 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 No, but I'm, no, but it's cool. Charlotte and I made one for the road trip home from SF and it was perfect because it's like, it's a mix of like both your music. And it goes like one in one. So yeah. like, it was like a, a song that Tyler likes and the song that Charlotte Dude, likes. That's so good right. And when, I was like, this is perfect when for you driving. Make a, when really, you make a playlist. I was telling Zach the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just put this on and then we can listen to both our music at the same time. Because if you make a playlist, sometimes if it shuffles, like you could get four of one person's songs in a row and sometimes and, you don't want to hear all and that shit. I don't think like, you can shuffle these. I think like, No, it's like when I you tried, press play it automatically just yeah. plays the list it goes Yeah, and but I tried to shuffle it intentionally and, like, and it still work. did one and one. So are the so ones like, that it was different order but it was still one and one. The and ones one. with both profile pictures on it is that like you both suggestions or we both have it. You both no, so have listened to. Are there any suggestions? What I what I got out of it is it updates daily. So it's literally what you're currently listening to and it's a new playlist Oh, great. You're going to get a lot of Coheed on yeah, that. Which is cool. <laughs> That's sick. Cool. I was thinking like I would just have to remake it all the time. No, no, I think it cool. I think it refreshes daily is what oh, I was reading. Nice. Yeah, because not gonna lie, it took me about fifteen minutes to figure out how to make one after Gritty made no, it his and I was like Dude, I had to text someone, the first person sent to me, I'm like, How the fuck do you make this? Because yeah. Spotify's UI is so, it's so unintuitive. Bad. It's so bad. I was like, Oh god, it just Spotify's listening. And then now. I read on Google like all this shit about it anyway. Yeah, but you yeah, would think, oh, cool. go into my library and like go into the, oh, you know, so the buried. for you. But it's, it's like so you go buried. to the search and then you go down to yeah, this thing bad. and then you. Go, it's it's terrible. No, yeah, it's if like, you want the instructions, just go send me a like, DM. I have but. to because I had to Google like remember when it made daily playlists for you and that was your homepage. I don't yeah. know where those yeah. shits are. Yeah. They're no, there. Gone. You got to search They're for buried. them. Yeah, they change it around. They make it so confusing to find. That being said, please subscribe to us on Spotify and follow us. You'll be able to find it. Yeah, you can search for what's your record without even putting the apostrophe and it'll it'll show up yeah that's uh, so, pretty cool yeah, yeah. You can that follow, doesn't happen if to you, a lot of if you look up uh, if you look up tyler you can follow the playlist uh follow us on instagram and um i think that's about it guys you know i, I really do want to comment on uh because when i found out that it was the two-year anniversary of what went down yeah, we, we the last made time it we through relatively Kobe. tear free this yeah, time. Yeah, no, it was it was good. No and again, like, you know, I was not expecting a win. That, that that being said, I said that I could maybe get Grady's vote because it was poppier, that it had more pop sensibility than Tyler's. <laughs> but we, it was kind of a 50-50 wash. But again, I went into it. I get a kick out of making them listen to that. And the the spirit of the podcast is sharing things that people wouldn't normally listen to or that they haven't heard before. And now Jake so, gets to keep picking Coheed until it wins. Until it until it wins. <laughs> so I next time Grady so until the end uh, of time. Wink wink. <laughs> I haven't even I haven't even picked my favorite Coheed record yet. Ooh. But you're wearing wow. the you're wearing the beanie for this one. I saw them play this album uh in full for the anniversary tour. It was great. I this was is like, wasted. This is like the um, beanie that I like pretty much associate Jake with is the beanie. So much right that now. Tyler bought me a beanie for Christmas so I would have a different beanie. Right. To wear I was like, I can't two. fucking look at that color. Well, did you see my, my shirt is kidding. just a giant picture of Claudio playing guitar? Oh wow! So you went full. You went full. Uh, full freak. Full, yeah, and my my coheed. my coheed hoodie is in the car. Full fanboy. Nice. Um. All right. Cool. So until next time. And uh, you have a coheed tattoo, so you I, can't. And I can't, can't take really, that one off. Yeah, you can't yeah. take that one off. You're just decked out with yeah. coheed. When we went to the mountains and I wore I had the Coheed baseball hat all day and then we go inside and we're going to be home for the rest of the night. I'm like, now it's time for my nighttime hat. And I took the Coheed oh, baseball hat off from being in the sun all day and then I just put this on oh and he God, was yeah. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> can't escape it. No, always. I, we right. love you for it, Jake. It's all right. Thank you. I love you guys. And we love you. So keep listening. And uh, we'll we'll be back with something uh, not as dense. We should do short albums as a theme. Yeah, we should. After this. Just I mean, do EPs. Yeah. Best, that'd be cool. Ooh, that'd be real quick. Then we could go get dinner. Yeah, yeah. there we go. All right, cool. Expect that coming at you. All right. Cool. All right. See, See you next time. Hit it.